0: My homework that that Chris sent me was to talk about international perspectives on choice and competition in healthcare and the potential for competition and choice to deliver quality improvements in the NHS. So I'll kind of, in the 10 minutes that I have, try and cover those two topics, some of which may be very familiar to you. So the kind of international perspective focusing on healthcare, I'll start with. But before that, I'll kind of just make one step back And as Chris said, I'm an economist, and economists study things like markets and competition. And I think that one of the reasons that economists are quite keen on competition is this kind of stylized fact, which is that we kind of increasingly know that about at least 50 to 60 percent of the productivity gains that happen in the rest of the economy happen not because of incumbent firms who already exist, but happen because of essentially entry and exit. So that the dynamics that cause an economy to grow and cause our GDP to rise are at least half driven, not by people who are already in the market, but by people who are going to enter the market and by exit of poor firms in the market. And I think that's the kind of backdrop that a lot of economists come to look at competition from, knowing that it essentially drives economic growth, and economic growth is a good thing. So with that kind of backdrop, how does it play out in health? And the international perspective, the second thing to say on the international perspective is really a perspective from the USA because not that many other people have spent a lot of time doing competition in healthcare, care. So the perspective that, that we have from the international evidence comes from the U.S., and I'm going to focus not so much on consumer choice, but on competition between hospitals or between groups of hospitals for contracts from insurers or groups of insurers, or indeed the government who pay for about 40% of healthcare care in the U.S. So... I'm not focusing on, for example, choice of a dentist or choice of an optician or even choice of a GP, which I think is the main area in which consumers in healthcare exercise choice. What I'm talking about is the literature about whether buyers of healthcare on a, on a large-scale basis, insurers, have or do not have choice of hospitals from which to buy that care. So that's essentially what we kind of mean when we talk about competition in healthcare. We're talking about competition between insurers and sellers of healthcare. We're not talking about individual choice of their GP or, of their, or, or even, indeed, of their physician. So the kind of main findings that come out of the U.S. are, I think it's for, worth saying, first of all, they're quite mixed and they're quite nuanced. How you read them, I think, depends a little bit whether you are essentially a social policy person and like planned economies, or whether you're an economist and kind of like non-planned economies. So the economists tend to read this. I think that the, most, the, the largest authority on competition in healthcare, who's a colleague of mine, Marty Gaynor at CMU, reads the literature on competition in healthcare in the US to be broadly beneficial, particularly In situations in which prices are fixed, so situations like the PBR payment system that we have or the US HRG system, in those models or in those kind of settings, competition between providers for the contracts of buyers, insurance buyers, tends to be beneficial in that it raises quality Uh, Price is fixed, so it doesn't often do much about cost, but in fact, there are some studies, perhaps the the, the kind of best-known study, that even suggests that costs rose less rapidly in competitive markets than not. That's a kind of, if you like, stylized fact. One, that when prices are fixed, essentially by a regulator or by government, competition in U.S. healthcare markets has been broadly beneficial in terms of raising quality. The results are much less clear where there are market-determined prices, so when prices are negotiated between buyers and sellers. And the reason for that is that if quality is difficult to observe and people care a lot about prices and costs, they tend to focus on price and cost. And as you focus on cost, you're in danger of bringing down quality. Clearly, there are some quality improvements that don't require higher costs, but most quality improvements in healthcare sooner or later require that you spend more. Whatever the NHS says. You know, basically, if you look at the literature, higher quality generally is associated with higher cost and higher price. The other thing to say is when you have lots of different buyers in the market, you have, say, an HMO or an integrated care organization or a a standard fee for service insurer, then again the literature is a little more unclear. So if we look at other countries, really the only other country that spent a lot of time worrying about competition in healthcare, well one is Australia, for which there's not that much literature but and it's emerging. And the second is Holland. The Netherlands obviously has had competition on the insurer side for a long time. They now have competition on the provider side. But again, the literature, both from Australia and Holland, is probably too early to draw much parallel from. So that's the kind of international perspective, which is really that if you have fixed prices, in general, competition seems to be beneficial. So the second part of my kind of homework was what is the evidence from the UK? And here Stephen is going to talk about very detailed evidence from the east of England. I'm going to talk again at the broad brush level about what we know about competition in healthcare in the UK. And again, we're very much talking here, the literature that's, that, that's been, the work, the stuff that's been studied is essentially competition between NHS trusts, primarily acute trusts, for contracts from PCTs. There's a little evidence on competition from GPs that the competition panel has done, but there's not much evidence on, for example, competition between mental health providers or competition in the community social care arena. I think that's a big lacuna that we need to fill, but I think for this purpose of the seminar, basically, there's not much. So we're really talking about competition between acute trusts for care being provided by PCTs. And there's kind of three bits of evidence. There's evidence from the current regime, essentially choose and book from 2005, 2006 onwards. Evidence from the 1990s internal market, for those of you who have long memories. And then a little bit of other evidence on competition elsewhere in healthcare. So starting with the evidence from the current reforms, there's first of all, I think, a debate about how much choice there is. But I think there's a bit of a confusion on that debate because people say, oh, well, people don't remember being offered choice and they weren't offered choice. The point is that in healthcare markets, as in other markets, not everybody has to choose in order to inject some competition. I don't have to change my electricity supplier, provided somebody else does. And we've done quite a bit of work that shows that, essentially, between 2003 and 2007, patterns of demand did change. More Hospitals, which were rated as better by the Care Quality Commission in 2005, attracted more patients, Patients from further away and from more PCTs than hospitals which were rated as less good. So that clearly the choice agenda did something. And it did something such that people began to go towards hospitals that had higher care quality commission ratings. And away from ones which had lower ones. Work by both me and guys at the LSE completely separately suggests that on balance, the choose and book regime in the kind of couple of years after it started did bring about increases in quality with no obvious increases in costs or no obvious other negative impact. And the second thing to say is that those gains are not very large But you wouldn't expect them to be very large just two or three years after reform. You've got to allow things to bed down. So you've already got gains quite quickly. The issue is whether those gains can be sustained. So that suggests that competition in the current regime has been beneficial. What about the 1990s internal market? The work on that suggests that competition in those markets did something rather different. And the difference between the 1990s internal market and our current regime is that there were no fixed prices in the internal market. Currently, we have a system where PBR covers 60-70% of activity, more in some trusts, less in others. In the 1990s internal market, prices were negotiated along with volumes and any other things that anyone wanted to negotiate on. Evidence from that market suggests that, in fact, competition led to two things. Shorter waiting times where there was higher competition, and that's not surprising. This is an era of very long waiting lists, the 1990s, but it also led to falls in quality. And the kind of analysis suggests that it's not that people wanted to drop quality, but all their focus was on volume and waiting time in a cash-constrained situation, and as a result, unobserved quality fell. Now, we've had changes since then, changes that have increased our knowledge about quality and changes that have at least fixed quite a lot of prices. Finally, I just want to end with something that's completely different, which is work on management in the NHS and the relationship between management outcomes and quality and competition. This work has been done by a team at the LSE who are specialists in management in other sectors. And what they've shown is that better NHS management is associated with a whole range of better outcomes. Better financial performance, better quality, better staff relations, better staff satisfaction. So better management in the NHS appears to be associated with better outcomes at a hospital level. But on top of that, they also find that management is better in more competitive markets. So a completely different slant suggests that competition improves management and that in turn improves outcomes. So I think at that point, I'll stop. Thanks very much, Carol.